This is 50 Reasons to Visit Britain, and we're your hosts, Joe Donnellan and Caitlin Potts. Coming up on today's show, we take a look at some wonderful places that inspired the show Outlander and were used as filming locations. Caitlin gets excited at a dog sitting in a chair. Joe tries to one-up Caitlin at every opportunity. We take yet another silly BuzzFeed quiz and spend too much time analyzing the results. And we join Katrina Balf in the year 1743 for an interview. everyone, and welcome to episode two of our 50 Reasons to Visit Britain from Crystal Travel and Tours in Boston. My name is Caitlin, and I've only seen the first season of Outlander, but I'm still a fan. And I'm Joe, and I've seen every episode of Outlander, but I have failed to read the books yet. Oh, me too. Each episode, we will be focusing on a new and exciting reason to travel to Britain. As I'm sure you can tell already... Today's reason number two is Outlander. Woo-hoo. I, I think I said woo-hoo last time. For I was about to one. go, no, Caitlin, have you seen any of Outlander? <laughs> <laughs> so, I know you said you haven't read the books. I actually started to read, I read the first book. I kind of lied there. I did I did read the first book, but I skipped over a lot of it because just a lot of detail and I kind of goes on and on. Ooh, first Game of Thrones mention of the day. I have read the Game of Thrones books and some <laughs> of them are a slog. But I found Outlander tougher to read. Huh. I really wanted to like the books. Yeah. I, I did because they cover everything that I like or that I now think I like at least. But for some reason, it just didn't translate for me. But I do like the show. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's fair. So as we know, Outlander is all about going back in Time. Unless you've never heard of the concept of Outlander, in which you're going to hear a lot about it right now. Um, the main character, Claire, is on a second honeymoon with her husband at the end of World War II. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. Yes, she calls him that on the show he's, as well. He's far from a tank. He is far from a tank. Um, and while they are on their second honeymoon, she goes off on a little um, gander and she finds these standing stones in Scotland, and they take her back in time. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry, but that is like the whole premise of the show, <laughs> so you kind of have to know. Um, so, Joe, have you ever thought about living in another era? And if so, when would you like? I think about it all the time. I was thinking about it in the shower this morning, <laughs> funnily enough. Uh, oh when, I, when I was younger, always and ever and definitely ancient Rome was really? where I thought I belonged, basically. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I think I used to think I was tougher than I am. And I was like, yeah, I'd be going to war. I'd be this Roman soldier. I'd probably, you know, exactly like the the thing or the... Exactly like the premise of the movie Gladiator. I would be Russell Crowe in that, basically, sure. where I would oh. be an army general. Naturally. And then I would fall to the bottom of the pecking order and I'd rise all the way up to defy the emperor and the empire... And try and bring, you know, democracy to the entire... That, that was going to be me, basically. How would be your life? Um, I think I've realized as I've grown a little bit older, I'm not that tough. And that maybe <laughs> I am exactly where I need to be right now. Wow. So, okay. here All we right. are. That's, that's fair. That's fair. You have a really cool explanation for, for you. Um, 
or for your time period. Sorry for scooping you. No, I mean, hey, you know, it's it was going to happen sometime throughout the podcast. Um, I have always wanted to live in the Victorian era. That doesn't surprise me for some reason. I know. I just think it looks so cozy, and I just think of. I don't know. Well, I mean, anybody who's listened to the podcast last year knows you're planning to marry rich. So the Victorian era would have been I perfect can, for I that. Can sit on my just going to the the balls and the soirees and yeah, whatever, exactly. and trying to find a my luxurious my my maids and my staff will help me, and I'll be like a crawly, you know. Yeah, of course. You know yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. That's that's who you want to aspire to is uh, is what you call her. Crawley. The, not Mary. No, the actual um, the count. What's her name? You want to aspire to be Maggie Smith in Downton, yes. right? Eventually, because obviously, I mean, she was she was probably a Mary when she was younger, and she of just course. you know, of course. But I've also then wanted to live in the Roaring Twenties as well. This is the F. Scott Fitzgerald, yes, yes. Gatsby era. Yes, Great Gatsby is my yeah. very favorite thing. One of my very favorite things makes sense. Um, however, we took a quiz. I need to stop you and say I hate the fact that this is a thing now that we take BuzzFeed <laughs> quizzes before shows but okay continue but okay we took a quiz um, to find out what time period we should actually live in um, and Joe do you want to go first do you want to share your results the French Revolution which is bullshit I have no real add on to that just uh, I, I would not be suited to that period that country that anything <laughs> No way. I'd have these like fringed sleeves and I'd be shooting people with pistols. I don't think so. It's just not me. What, are you like, yes, that's exactly no, what No, guess be- what I got. Same. <laughs> 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 well, then it's a shit quiz if that's and the one case. And one of the, um, in the description it says, you don't want to eat any cake because that's too mainstream. Off with some heads. And I, I would not ever want to say off with some heads. I'm cool with that. However, I would totally... Be the Marie Antoinette. Be like, let them eat cake. Because I have my maids here. And, you know, I mean, it all kind of comes full circle with the... No, I'm just kind of rambling now, aren't I? A little bit, A yeah. Little. You're, you're trying to fit yourself into the answer a BuzzFeed, qui- BuzzFeed quiz gave you. Which really is it's, just... It's, it's just, it's probably the catch-all. Somebody made a poor quiz and put us in the wrong time periods. Probably. That's probably. it. Yes. Well... I did also take a different BuzzFeed quiz yesterday, uh-oh. which you don't know about. Willingly. It was, said it was you don't kind like of, BuzzFeed it, no, quizzes. It was, I don't even know where I found it, but it was, who is your dream... Outlander person to end up with or whatever, basically. I, take that quiz. I probably should have sent it to you. Yeah. You can take it now. Let's a while. go back in time. Find uh, some standing stones. Anyway, I obviously got Jamie, so <laughs> to be with? But yeah, to be with. <laughs> Doesn't take into account sexual orientation, I don't think. But oh I mean, my gosh. Sure. But Jamie, I I'll think transcends Yeah. He's just he's wonderful. He's so wonderful. Well, let's move on to some crystal math, shall we? Nine, the number of Outlander books. Three, the number of Outlander TV seasons. So far. So far. 1991, the year the series first published. I was a baby. I was one year old. I was three years old. Wow. 1743, the year that Claire travels to. 1945, the year Claire starts out in. 50, the percent of men that make up the Outlander U.S. audience. 
which is kind of surprising, I would have thought, because people always say, or it is always said, I guess, that Outlander is kind of women's Game of Thrones, is what mm -hmm. they say, written by a woman and has a, a lead female character. I know Jamie is also a second lead, but it's definitely centers around their romance, I guess. So I feel like if you're a guy, you're not watching for Jamie. You're watching for maybe the violence or the boobs or the Are we allowed scenes. to say boobs on this podcast? I think so. All right. I'm looking at her <laughs> like she's, like she's going to know. Get legal on the phone. <laughs> um, yeah. Well... Yeah, it is a surprising statistic, is it not? And something else that's a bit surprising. The actor playing Jamie dyes his hair red every two episodes. Can't call him Red Jamie without it, I guess. So. I guess you can't, but wow. Think about his roots after he's done with the show. My goodness. You're talking about the, his, the roots of his hair rather than his like heritage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Usually when you're talking about Scottish and Irish people and you mention roots, it's... It's I usually <laughs> understandable. Ancestry. Understandable. Okay, so we're going to take a look at some filming locations and some areas that inspired Outlander and whatnot. So we're going to start with the wonderful city of Glasgow. And this city is filled with Scottish pride and makes many appearances in the Outlander series. Glasgow's George's Square was used as set to film Frank's spontaneous proposal to Claire. Another big filming location in the area is Glasgow Cathedral. The medieval cathedral is thought to have been built on the site of St. Kentigern's tomb and is known as the birthplace of the city of Glasgow. St. Kentigern was the first bishop within the ancient British kingdom of Strathclyde. The cathedral is the only one on the Scottish mainland to survive the Reformation of 1560 intact. The gorgeous cathedral can be seen in Season 2, Episode 7, as the inside of L'Hôpital des Agnes. Claire becomes a patient there when she is experiencing pains related to her pregnancy. And if you do find yourself in Glasgow, this is a really awesome place to go. It is free to go to. It is a nice walk outside the city, but you can definitely take a taxi. It's not even outside the city, it's just... If you're in the center of the city, you may have to walk a mile to get there. But the crown in Glasgow Cathedral for me is actually the uh, graveyard, I'll call it, behind it. It's just this giant... It's actually a necropolis that's behind it. And it's filled with monuments and giant like headstones for these graves. And I know... A graveyard isn't the most exciting place for a lot of people to go to, but it is. It's just really impressive, and there's a lot of kind of famous people or semi-famous people buried there. And it's on top of a hill overlooking the cathedral, so you get it from a nice angle, but you get some nice views there too. So I would highly recommend Glasgow Cathedral for that reason, aside from the Outlander filming location reason. Another Outlander filming location is Kinloch Rannoch. Possibly the most famous of all the filming locations for the TV series. This was used for the site of Craig Nadoon. And for watchers of the show, you will know that they are the famous standing stones that Claire passes through to travel back through time. And she does so on more than one occasion. Spoiler alert. The Great Moor of Rannoch is a beautiful outdoor space that stretches far and wide. The land is composed of blanket bog, lochens, rivers, and rocky outcrops, thus making it a very challenging environment. 
It is here that Claire visits the stone circle and is thrown back in time in the very first episode. You can see this spot again in the series during season two when we witness Jamie and Claire's reluctant farewell. And that's the spoiler alert I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, worth mentioning that standing stones are all across Scotland. And this one has become kind of the stand-in for Craig Nadoon, but no matter where you find yourself in Scotland, if you are not on Kinloch Rannoch, you can find standing stones that have the same presence and power and not exactly look, look the and same feel power. the same. They might it's not the same power back. as they do in real life. Okay. You have to be clear to be able to travel back through time. So yes, just don't forget that. We interrupt your regularly scheduled broadcasting to let you know that you can now listen and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and lots more. We would really appreciate your reviewing us on any and all of these, as that is the best way for new listeners to find us. Okay, so now we're going to have a new segment for this podcast uh we're calling it caitlin's little jack horner and little jack horner is cockney rhyming slang for corner so caitlin's corner for short it's a little like what we did last year with caitlin conch where we tried to teach her some irish except caitlin has to guess a rhyming phrase this year now because any cockney rhyming slang that we could find for outlander was impossible and ridiculous we decided to go with an out with not an outlander phrase but a scottish phrase that we thought caitlin might not understand or be able to translate so that's what we decided to go with amy if you would tell us this week's phrase please this week's phrase is i dene ken i dene ken yes okay Hmm. I dunno can. Okay. Alright. Alright. Trying to mess with me guys. Well let's move on uh, to some other filming locations for Outlander. Urquhart Castle is a really big one. This is one of the most iconic sites in all of the Scottish Highlands. This is an ancient fortress ruin overlooking the famous Loch Ness. It was one of the great castles taken by the English when Edward I invaded in 1296. In the 1500s, Clan Grant was given the castle and is admired for its repair and bringing it back into use. The towering gatehouse was deliberately blown up so that the castle could not be used as a military stronghold again in 1692. In the Outlander series, this is the place where Claire spots the water horse. What do you think the water horse might be? I think so. Today, you can go and explore with a delightful view and experience the rich Scottish history that remains. So, yes, I know you're going to ask, Joe. Yes, I have been to Urquhart Castle. So have I twice. (laughs) (laughs) Scooped. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I've been, it was absolutely magical. And I'm pretty sure I have some ancestry that traces back to that castle, which makes it even cooler. I did a little dance. Cooler, yeah. 
Where in history do you not have ancestry? That's a good question. But, so I'm a McDonald on my grandma's side. And the McDonald's, there's some connection to Urquhart Castle with the McDonald clan. And I don't know. Okay. That's all I've got for you. A lot of people are McDonald's. Just no, so you I know. know. I know. I know. <laughs> but I, uh, how cool would it be to say, oh, yeah, that, the castle with the with Nessie. Oh, yeah, that's my castle. Like, that. come on. That makes me cool. Is this why... Is it your ancestry that makes you want to marry rich because you feel entitled <laughs> to? Because, yeah, I think probably. Wow, you answered your own question. That's, good. that's, that's, how, I, that's how I do. <laughs> anyway, so um, when you visit Urquhart Castle, the first thing that they had us do was watch um, a really beautiful film that kind of takes you through the history of the castle. Um, everything from um, different ownership um, different battles that took place throughout the centuries around there, all sorts of things like that. Don't spoil it. Not going to. Okay. Um, but no, it is a lovely place to visit, and you can take um, a little cruise along Loch Ness. And we'll talk about that in other episodes. So yes, we will move yes. on. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, moving on to Dune Castle and Falkland. This 14th century courtyard castle has a striking 100-foot-high gatehouse and is one of the best-preserved great halls in Scotland. It was originally built in the 13th century, but suffered a lot of damage in the Wars of Independence, so it was rebuilt in its current form in the 14th century. This castle can be seen in Outlander as the fictional castle Leoc, which is home to Colin Mackenzie and his clan during the 18th century episodes. Much of the castle was used in filming besides the kitchen, presumably to help make filming easier, an exact replica of the kitchen was built. Dune Castle is not shy of the big screen. But you'll find more out about that next week. I won't say any more then. <laughs> I won't say any more. Falkland is a small village in Fife, used as the filming location for the 14th century Inverness. This is where Claire and Frank arrive on their second honeymoon and meet Mrs. Baird and Reverend Wakefield. Falkland is famous for its Falkland Palace, which dominates most of the town. And yes, I've been to Dune Castle too, Joe. Um, so have I. Yeah. How many times? <laughs> just, just once. Okay, same. So. Yeah. Yeah, was fine. I have not been to Falkland, but it looks really, I, really pretty. It's like a, it's a, your generic Scottish village in the Highlands, basically. Mm. But it just it looks really nice, and obviously it's gotten a massive tourism boom since uh, since sure. people realized that it's uh, Inverness. Absolutely, yes. Well, it looks like our podcast equipment doesn't seem to work with 1743 technology. Uh, Katrina does not know what a podcast is in the time that she's currently living in, so we can't interview her, but we do have something even better. Andy and Di from Outlander, the Past Lives Experience are joining us. They're a couple who run escorted Outlander filming locations tours. With a bit of a twist, they also offer the chance to explore your own past lives as well. Hello. Hi, this is Caitlin. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. We really appreciate it. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, so obviously you guys are really big Outlander fans and rightfully so. Can you tell us um, how you got interested in Outlander and how that started? Certainly. Uh, we were fairly late to the party, I suppose, in as much as we didn't really know about Outlander until it came onto television a couple of years ago when it was available on Amazon Prime over here. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we were obviously interested in, in the Highlands and Highland history, and I can't remember somebody mentioned this and we started watching it and sort of fell in love with it. And it also, um, well, it happened at the perfect time because just prior to that, um, I had I'd moved to to the Highlands in 1990 when I was 22 years old. I fell completely in love with it, and um, I'd always known that I'd lived here before. I would cry sometimes when I walked through the woods or through other areas of Culloden, but I wouldn't know why. Sure. And I've um, known about past lives since I was a young child and remembered some of my other past lives, but I couldn't remember my Scottish one. And just at around about that same time, um, just prior to us discovering Outlander, um, I had my past life memories and um, I remembered everything and I can remember being in Culloden. I can remember being at Culloden House prior to the battle. Wow. Looking out over the fields and seeing the men lying exhausted around the trees, and that was before the battle. And it's funny because um, where I was looking from Culloden House is exactly where my house is now. So, Oh, my gosh. It's, um, it's almost like I had to come back here for my own healing. So when we first watched Outlander, it was like it just brought it all to life. And Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, the, the, the business took us, really. Oh, that's such a great way to put it, too. And I think that's, you know, you're doing something right when it's your passion, you know, and you're combining that with your career. I think that's wonderful. And what a great story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you guys have a favorite Outlander book or episode? Uh, well, my favorite book is the first one. And sure. my favorite episode is uh, the one just before the Battle of Culloden when they're at Culloden House um, in at the end of Series 2. Okay, very good. How about you, Andy? Do you have a favorite? Uh, I think my favorite was The Witch Trial. Oh, yeah. On our seven-day tour, we take you into the church where that was filmed. Uh, it was actually obviously filmed as a courthouse, but it's, it's actual real church. And there's nothing quite like standing in the pulpit in the church, which was the dock in the film. It's just really special. Wow. That, I must admit, there is an amazing energy there. Oh, my gosh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Now, talking uh, more about your tours here, can you, I, I know you offer a variety of um, Outlander escorted tours. Can you kind of give us an idea of what they're like and maybe some of your favorite parts of the tours? <laughs> yeah. We have a, a range of uh, one-day tours, which we operate from Inverness, where we live. Uh, we actually live in Culloden, very close to the battlefield. Wow, nice. Um, so we do three different one-day Outlander tours, and then we have three complimentary tours, including a fantastic day in Sky and uh, trips around some of the local brilliant scenery. So that's very much a kind of pick-and-mix option. And then we have a full seven-day tour, which starts off in Linlithgow, which is between Glasgow and Edinburgh, where most of our clients seem to come into Scotland, uh, usually okay. abroad. And that uh, takes in a lot of the film locations, which are mainly down in the central belt around Glasgow and Edinburgh. And then we travel up to the Highlands and do the book locations and all of the 
local history that inspired herself, Diana Gabaldon, uh, and we also have a day on Sky as well. Mm. Oh, how yeah. wonderful. And that also includes a past life regression. So the the tour is fairly um, packed. It's just packed full of wonderful things. As for favorite places, well, Lallybroch is always a favorite place. Okay. Um, and I think Culloden Battlefield for me is always a favorite place as well. And Culloden House Hotel, one of my very favorite places. Um, for the tour, I have a very special, very special link and energy towards. Wow, that's yeah. so cool! Oh my gosh! I'd have to say my favourite place has got to be um, Kinloch Rannoch or Rannoch Moor, which is where Craig Nadine was filmed. <laughs> um, that's a really special place, but it's amazing drive through sensational countryside to get there. Uh, it's really sort of uh, quite narrow roads, and it's a very hidden place. Not many people know where it is, and. A lot of the larger Outlander tours and coaches and so on can't really go there. So wow. one of the things we love about the way we do the tours is that we have a maximum of six guests on each tour. Okay. So it's very personal and people get to know each other. And uh, we can get to some of the smaller locations and the more out-of-the-way locations to make it extra Sure. Special. And it's just you guys giving the tours, right? So it's very personal, even on that level, too, which is awesome. Yeah, it's um, definitely a very personal thing. We we love um, giving our, our clients a really special treatment, making them feel special. And sure. We even take filter coffee and ceramic mugs out on tour with us, so they get uh, they get well-treated because this is what to look after them. Oh. And, um, Andy wears the feeler more as well, the, the Jacobite kilts. So oh, the, that's cool. Yeah, he wears the full <laughs> white kilt, and we have the full weaponry as well from the jacket. Wow. So they get to, to handle um, that as well, and, yeah, it's very special. We're big fans of kilts, that's for sure. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think most people are. I, I think so, yeah, hard not to be. So That's right. <laughs> yes. Now, every Outlander fan knows the significance of time travel and living in the past, of course, and I know... You both have touched a little bit upon, um, you know, past life experiences and things like that. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, your own past lives and helping other people kind of connect with their own past lives? Yeah, certainly. Um, um, I've well, from from the age of nine, uh, when I was living in South Africa, um, which is where the word outlander actually originates from. Um, so I am a true outlander. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I remember a past life right from the age of nine. So for me, past lives have always been part and parcel of my life. I, I've, I don't really recall a time where I haven't remembered past lives. And the work that I've done with people has been quite astounding in terms of what it's helped them to see and realize. Um, it's helped them to heal pain that they were holding on to that they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. It's helped them to release fears that they had that they didn't know why they had them because they were um, were related to past life incidents that were held very closely in their subconscious. And sure. one remarkable lady, um, it even helped her have a baby. Oh, wow. She was, yeah, she was, having, uh, she was holding on to a lot of pain of having died in childbirth in a previous life. And um, I did a past life regression with her. And when she remembered that, um, it was amazing. She was able to heal that. And within a few months, she was pregnant. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she'd been trying for a long time. And she had no idea she was holding on to this fear. So um, it helped her a lot. Um, and for others, um, especially on the tours, 
it's been quite remarkable. We've actually had a couple of people who've gone back to the battlefield and mm-hmm. who were there. And we had one lady who was actually at Ruthven Barracks. She remembers being at the barracks in Kingusi, um, south of Inverness, which is where the Jacobites went after the Battle of Culloden. Wow. And she remembers very clearly being there. In fact, they're coming back from Australia on tour again this year. Oh, my goodness. So many amazing experiences. Wow. That's incredible. Not everybody um, is into past life ex- uh, regression. And sure. Not everyone kind of relates to it, but most of the people sure. who come on tour with us do. They're sort of open to it and wanting to explore it. Uh, yeah. I'm actually one of the, the few people who doesn't find it easy to go under hypnosis, so therefore I, I've not experienced it myself. Okay. I've been completely amazed by the experiences that I've seen die help our clients to have. Um, and what, what's quite interesting, there's been lots of synergies around this business. And one of the synergies is that before we became tour guides, we were working as uh, relationship coaches and personal development mentors. And mm-hmm. so what we were often helping people to do was to find their soulmate. Uh, oh, again, wow. A really good connection between Jamie and Claire and the whole soulmate thing and the kind of work that we do. Definitely. Um, and we love working with couples, so one one of the things that we do is to specialize in uh, tours for couples, and with them, we offer them a really sort of personalized and quite romantic experience, if that's what they're looking for, and that includes doing a hand fasting ceremony if they want to renew their wedding vows. Yes, I did see that on your website, yes, that sounds really, really special. Yeah, we have another couple coming this month um, to experience that, so... She's making wow. a hand fasting cord, and they're they're coming from Australia. And oh my goodness! Yeah, wow. We're taking them on a, a four day private tour, um, which takes in the filming locations, and then bringing them to Inverness for the Highland locations, and we're giving them a hand fasting ceremony in a very special place. So, so cool! Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And now I saw too. Uh, speaking of your website, I also saw you had um, a past lives clues workbook. Um, can you go over that a little bit? Yes, um, the the past life clues is exactly what it says, really. It helps you identify trends that you have in your life um, towards certain behaviors or, you know, whether you have certain fears and whether you have an affinity towards certain cultures, Mm -hmm. um, whether... whether you have anything in your subconscious that is there that's working away um, in your life at the moment, but you can't explain it from any experience in this life. So it helps you identify clues from from what could be past life memories. Okay. So we've had a lot of success with people downloading that, and it's on the website free for anyone who would like it. Um, it's not absolutely necessary that anyone do it before they have past life regression, Okay, um, but they are welcome to it if they want to. Great, great. And am I right? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> what what we find is that a lot of our clients have a, an inexplicable sort of drawing towards Scotland, a pull that they can't explain, and mm-hmm. the past life regression is one way that might shed some light on that and actually sort of join the dots together. That's great. And it's such a cool way to combine, you know, a love of travel and getting to see all those amazing places with exploring that as well. Yeah, we've we, with Outlander, we've brought everything we love into one place from Andy's photography because he, he provides every tour client with a, a professional set of photographs um, as a record of their entire tour. 
mm-hmm. um, at the end of the tour. Plus, they get the regression and the hand fasting ceremony. Wow! So they get a so really nice. special experience. Yeah. So nice, and what a great story that you guys have that goes along with the business too. I mean, that's that's the best part, really. You know, oh, <laughs> for so sure. Re- for sure, we've shared many together. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. And now am I right, too, that even if you're not as interested in um, exploring past lives, you can still go on this tour and and explore Outlander locations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. For those who want to do the regression, I'll do the regression with them. Um, it takes okay. about an hour and a half, so we schedule it into a day. And for those who don't want to do um, the regression, they get some shopping time in Inverness with Andy. Ah, always good, too. <laughs> you can't lose, so, right? <laughs> so it's completely at their discretion. We would never try and get anyone to do past life regression who didn't want to do it. It's uh, I have to say, it's not like stage hypnosis. They are awake and aware the whole way through, and they will remember everything. So Okay. Yeah, it's very good. Good. Yeah. What we find too is that a lot of our tour clients who come on Outlander tours where there's maybe one of the party uh, are into Outlander and another might not be, or you know, there might be a, a mix in a larger group. But sure. either way, the every single location bar none is quite sensational in its own way. So a lot of them are very sort of scenic. Uh, there's a lot of history associated with pretty much Absolutely. all of them. So even if you're not a, a sort of diehard Outlander fan, it's still a fantastic tour and a fantastic way to see Scotland. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for taking the time to talk with us today and tell us your amazing story and what you guys offer to the Outlander community, the the amazing tours and past life um, exploration that you guys offer. I just have one more question for you today. Uh, Since we are 50 reasons to visit Britain, I have to ask, um, what is your favorite reason to visit Britain? Well, I'd have to say we're probably a little bit biased and, and, and we somewhat tongue-in-cheek say Scotland. Uh, <laughs> but perhaps to, just, just to explain that a little bit, I mean, I, I'm English, you know, I'm an Outlander uh-huh. too, an Assassinach. Um, but sure. What I found when, when I used to live in the middle of England was that you had to travel quite a long way in order to experience anything coming close to the mix of different places okay. that include on this tour and what we find living here in the highlands is there's just so much here on your doorstep whether it's fantastic scenery wildlife history castles you know you name it it's all here but it's within you know sort of one to two hour drive and, uh, and a sure. lot of literally five minutes away from on being on our doorstep so that's what i particularly love about where we live and for me um one of the things i love about britain is just the greenery the lochs, the mountains, the people, and the amount of history. Um, the, the, everywhere you go, there's history. There's just incredible history all over the country. Wonderful, wonderful. Can't I cannot disagree there with either of you. That's, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Um, that's all that I have for you today. And I just want to say, you know, we really appreciate the time you took to um, chat with me today. So thanks. Well, you're, you're more welcome. than welcome, Caitlin. Have a great day, Andy and I. All right, Caitlin, you've had quite a few minutes now to think about Caitlin's little Jack Horner, Caitlin's corner. I dinna ken what does that mean in real people English. Yeah. I dinna ken. I think it means 
Is it I don't know? I didn't know? Ding, 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 ding. She's two for two this year. Oh, I'm so happy. And we are making this too easy no, for her. No, you're not. No, you're doing I great. Dinikin means I don't know. And I think I remember that from the first book that I read. I remember thinking, Ken, that's yeah. a really strange word. Yeah. Yeah. It sure is. But you use your context clues. And you well, congratulations. We're all very proud of you. Thank you. And we're going to make it a lot more difficult do I, do for I, do you. Do I get anything this time? Um, I didn't last time. There's a, like a Nessie stuffed toy or something around somewhere, isn't there? That, that you already have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can have that. Okay. Perfect. Wonderful. Wonderful. Moving on yes. to Britain Unwritten. And these are just some hidden stuff that we didn't really get to mention in the earlier filming locations part. So the book series came to Diana Gabaldon while she was watching an old episode of Doctor Who. And Doctor Who has been getting a bit of a resurgence in the last few years. For anybody who doesn't know what it is, it is an English TV show. And I don't know that much more about it, but it is, it's very popular in England. And it's kind of a science fiction type of show. So It's got a huge fan base, It, it has. It's got a huge following. And there's all sorts of conventions and stuff for it all yeah. across the world over here. The ancient stone circle at Clava Cairns nearby are thought to have been the inspiration for Diana Gabaldon's Craig Nadoon. Just like Clavicairns, Craignadoon is located near Inverness and contains a split stone. Gabaldon had never been to Scotland before writing Outlander. The vivid descriptions of Scottish Highlands were just products of her imagination and some research. Which is maybe why I had a difficult time reading the books. Who knows? <laughs> the book was originally written for practice. Gabaldon wanted to learn what it took to write a novel and decide if she really wanted to do that. And then she wrote nine of them about the same story, which is yeah, she, pretty impressive. That was she, her story that she wanted to tell. Mm -hmm. She thought, well, I think I like this. I'm going to keep going. Sure. Mm -hmm. Jamie's scars take three makeup artists two and a half hours to complete for each episode, which is a lot of work, but they are rather impressive. That's fascinating to me that she could write something like that and not have been to Scotland. I mean, I'm sure she went. Well, we talked about this last week where... I, the platform nine and three quarters exactly. thing where that would stop me writing my exactly. tracks from writing. Yeah. I mean, it's so, I, it's just so hard to get an accurate description and arguably accurate of yeah. course, but it, I don't know. Yeah. I could not do I'd that. I'd need to like live on location right. while, while I write. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Good for you, Diana. So we have, just like with every episode, a tour for this reason. The tour we're going to talk about is Outlander Tour of Scotland. Not only is Outlander filmed in Scotland, but almost everything the books and show are based on can be found there too. While Cragnadoon, Castle Leoch, and other parts of the show are figments of author Diana Gabaldon's incredible imagination, they are inspired by locations in the Scottish Highlands. You will also get to go back in time like Claire and experience a world that you didn't think could exist, including Inverness, both in the show and in real life, and some of the most jaw-droppingly beautiful scenery you will ever see. And it is absolutely just gorgeous, I will say. Even if you don't watch the show or only have a passing interest, this tour allows you to see so much of Scotland's uniqueness, its myths and legends, romantic landscapes, castles, and intriguing history that you will never want to leave. I feel like I, I was just there on that. I really felt that. 
I really did. Wow. I don't want to leave. Maybe, maybe you just traveled back in time. Maybe and like, I Whoa. Did. Um, yeah. And it, I say this every time we're talking about like a screen tourism type tour, but it is an awesome way to get to know a location or a destination. Like we've talked about some of them there. Glasgow Cathedral, people go there anyway. And it's, you know, it's one of the most visited places in Glasgow. Greg Nadoon, Standing Stones, whichever one you decide to go to, Standing Stones are all across Scotland. People visit them all the time. There's no bad one to visit, so why not do it with the tour? Scottish little villages in the Highlands, why not go to Fife and visit Falkland? There are tons of villages all across the country. So just because you're not an Outlander fan or you might not know you are yet, this contains something for everybody, similar sure. to other screen tourism tours. Absolutely. It's a great way to combine, you know, a love of a show along with learning a lot about an area and mm -hmm. history in general. Sure does. Now, having listened to us for the last half hour or so talk about Outlander and stuff, we have a little reward for you all. We have our section called Caitlin Cares, which is Caitlin's cute animal reaction and excitement segment. I almost forgot about this. Yeah. Um, so are you ready, Caitlin? Yes. What sort of animal are you hoping for? A Highland cow. Yeah. Because you're going to be disappointed, Scotland. but not really disappointed. Or a puppy. You ready? Or I don't know. Oh! <laughs> oh! He's he's a member. He's an actor. He's he he's sitting. For people who can't see this image, he well, we'll share it with you. But it's a little oh, it's just a little thing. It's a little dog with little pointy ears, and he's sitting in a director's chair that says "cast," and he's so cute. He, he doesn't even know he's an actor. He doesn't know. How did he audition? Did he have to read the script? He can't read it himself. How did he hold the script? How did he hold the script? What did he do? Does How he does need he... glasses to read? I don't, he might. I mean, he, oh my goodness, oh. What's your name, sir? Are you in the credits? I hope so. Oh, I just love him. We're not even sure what he did to warrant getting into a cast chair. But is he in one of the one of his shows? Th that's what I mean. I'm not yeah, totally sure. Okay. I just googled okay. Outlander cute animals Ooh. and this came up. I'm pretty sure I found it on Pinterest somewhere. So yeah, he's. Oh he's my there. gosh. Anyway, that's enough. You. you you can have him later. Okay. Okay. Oh, I love him. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll I'll take that over a Highland coup for now. It's it's all right. There's going to be other opportunities for okay, good. In fairness. Okay. So I believe that is all we have today. Don't leock now, but we've run out of time. For reason three, we will be taking a jackobite out of other movies and TV shows filmed in Britain. That episode will be coming out on July 24th. Yep, we've got more kilty pleasures coming your way. Don't sassanock our puns. Thank you so much for listening. Before you time travel away, we want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already on Apple Podcast. Cheerio!